Welcome to Content Creators Chat, the show where we invite you to join us in a chat about content creation and influencer marketing. I'm Rob Ainbinder. And I'm Kristen Dokus. <laughs> Welcome to episode two. This is the episode where I get to grill Rob. Yay! Last week, or the, the last podcast, if you recall, uh, uh, Rob put me on the hot seat. Not still not sure why I was the first one to go on the hot seat. <laughs> However, it is now Rob's turn. So we are going to uh, let's back up a little bit and remind everybody that uh, you and I are the co-founders and directors of the Content Creators Conference, which yes. will be happening the inaugural on January 16th. And um, you can find all that information at the contentcreatorsconference.com. But we will be talking about it throughout this particular podcast. And uh, we are also pretty excited that we're lining up some great guests that are not just me and Rob. Uh, not that <laughs> yeah. to devalue our, our, our wonderfulness, um, right. but there are actually going to be other professionals out there. Some are going to be presenters and some are not at this point of the juncture, but they will at some point. So, so Rob, yeah. why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Wow. Well, um, I run an internet marketing company called Why People Click where we help small to medium-sized businesses with paid media and website development. And I run a bunch of other companies as well as an investor. And I've run a blog uh, for the last mm, 18 years at robainbinder.com. We are are OG. We are indeed. We are OG in the blogosphere. So considering the content for the conference, uh, the first one uh, being the foundations, which is for folks that are either just getting started or maybe they just need a reboot, uh, get up to date and get some more inspiration. What kind of what have you seen has been the biggest changes since you and I began our content creation hmm. back in the early aughts, the early 2000s? Right. Yeah. So there's been this kind of proliferation of social media channels, new channels, kind of because all we had was the site. And if we were lucky, we had email. Right. You know, now we have Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and, you know, whatever else. Well, there's everything. Yeah, there's just everything. everything. YouTube, there's everything now. And, And you can make your home anywhere you want to, but it still comes back to kind of the idea that The rug can be ripped out from underneath you anytime, except on stuff you won't. Right. Right. And that was, uh, we were recording some videos for said TikTok, and we'll also be able to use those on Instagram as part of our um, initiative as as the conference to get the, you know, get some branding and advertising out about it, uh, spread the word, if you will. And one of the ones that Courtney, and if you guys aren't familiar with Courtney, Courtney Tripp is our 
we don't want to call her an intern, but she's kind of an intern. Yes, she is. She's uh, going to be helping us reach that Gen Z um, or, uh, audience. And yeah. in, in, in addition, you know, to, it's, it's a great learning experience for her. So, you know, at some point we will have Courtney on whenever she wants to. And uh, I think that's, one of the- that's the big change, right? Is all these other audience segments have come along since we started. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you know, Jen, uh, and we're squirreling a little bit here, but I think it's very valid. Um, our generation or the boomers, for sure, you know, if they're anywhere, it's only on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty, but not a majority on Twitter, et cetera. And, you know, Instagram as well. Uh, then you've got our generation, Gen X, which is still probably largely Facebook, but definitely mm-hmm. uh, populated into Twitter, Instagram, um, Pinterest, which, you know, nobody talks about Pinterest anymore. That's an interesting thing to me. Um, it's yeah. still very relevant. It's still very relevant, but it's mm-hmm. funny how when uh, these sites first came out, everybody was, you know, jumping on that bandwagon. But there's just so many at this point. Yeah. You really do have to, you know, focus. And then you've got Gen Z who are definitely more into the um, quick hits. So mm-hmm. Snapchat, WhatsApp. TikTok, etc. So they will the yeah. amount of time they consume, and um, you just really where you mm-hmm. and your site, mine and my site, we definitely started out as actual long form content yeah. writers on our blogs, and there were people and, out and, there doing podcasts at the time too, but that's all they did, right? Yeah, and um, we turned around and you know we definitely just all also due to our professional uh careers you know we are pretty much everywhere as well yeah but we're seeing now that people need to um are being drawn and focusing on one area so that was Mm -hmm. a very long-winded way of one of the things (laughs) that uh, one of the videos that courtney did this weekend that i wanted her to do was addressing um, the five reasons I think she just did five. She goes, here's the five reasons you need to have your own website. Yeah. Right. Um, and because that generation really doesn't think that they need to have. Right. Their own yeah. Site. I mean, cause I mean, you saw it with, um, on TikTok with the, um, raspberry cranberry guy, right. His first channel got shut down and he's lucky because <laughs> he was able to claw back some of that audience and then a whole bunch more. Right. But again, because he doesn't control TikTok, he lost his first channel. Right. Right. Uh, Mark Schaefer actually did an article on him today talking uh-huh. about how it's the consumers that own marketing now. And it's very true because just the numbers of, for that whole um, dreams sequence that he did on TikTok, it's just insane. Like there's the uh, ocean sprays uh, sales have Mm -hmm. gone up like 40% (laughs) or something like that. They gave the guy a truck and more ocean spray. So they obviously recognize the value to their brand. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a, you know, but that's such a, 
unique. It is rare. I was going to hesitate to use the word rare, but it is rare. And one of our goals, you and mine, one of Mm -hmm. our goals was to make sure that these content creators have set themselves up for success. And that should something like that happen to what happened to whatever his name is, Ocean Sprite guy, um, Mm -hmm. that you can actually, by having your own site, you can actually reap more benefit from that. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you you can't really, really lock into like large success and not have a home that you own. Exactly. What's been your favorite platform over the years Mm. what's been your favorite way to create content yeah i like doing the long form stuff but i i also like um sharing photos on instagram like creatively i like i like instagram i I have I, i don't know i don't have enough experience with video so like YouTube and TikTok are kind of last for me. <laughs> yeah. So, and and yeah. it takes a lot of time. Uh, it mm-hmm. takes a lot of time. Just for instance, yeah. I mean, these 60 second snippets, videos that we recorded this weekend for TikTok, mm-hmm. I recognize it's probably going to take me about an hour to edit it until mm-hmm. it's ready. Unless you just go, you know, straight you know, re- record straight and then drop it in there. Right. It, it definitely, there's, there's time involved. So it's an yeah. art form in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I do like it though. I, yeah. I really do. I'm finding myself going down that rabbit hole of watching um, partially so I can learn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I watch to... a ton of TikTok, like just get sucked in and look up uh, and it's like an hour's just gone. Right. Right. <laughs> So which platform or which area do you think that you've been able to monetize the best? Facebook's been good for monetization, um, buying attention and, um, you know, Instagram to a lesser extent and, and Twitter, um, so you've, that's where you've made the most money creating content. Where I've made the most money was on long form. Well, no. Where I made the most money was on YouTube. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I got hired to do that grill YouTube. Right, 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 right. That's been my biggest deal, period. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but that's branded content. So yeah, yeah, totally branded. Yeah. That was influence. That was an influencer. That was an influencer campaign. gig. Yeah. I'd say long-term traffic, I get still get good referral traffic from um from Pinterest. It's been so long since I've looked at my own analytics. <laughs> kind of ashamed. So what have been some of your challenges uh, with your content creation as far as um, 
shifting from because you've had you have you have several you were kind of downplayed uh, your the magnitude of the things that you do uh, so but really I mean because you've got you've got your Rob Ainbinder site but you've, right. al- you've also got um, your better ba- better baker's box that I have an right ownership and then, of and the social distancing decals but then you've also got your um your barbecue book. Yeah, I've got that um yeah, Pitmaster's log book and then um, um and then a book on Google Keep Notes. Both of those are on Amazon. So elaborate a little bit on that i mean you you've you've written a couple of you know books yeah i've put together Uh, a few things i haven't written a real book you know but i've gotten two things out there that are one is a how to mastering google keep and sort of i kind of became a little fan of this app and i was like there's got to be a spot for it nobody has a book on it i was like what the hell I'll just I'll throw something together and put a bonus on my blog to drive some traffic and maybe get some more subscribers and that's been out there and then um Pitmaster's logbook I actually hired a graphic designer and then he laid out this blank barbecue logbook And so the idea is that if you'd rather not use an app and you want something you can give to your kid or future generations, this barbecue, this Pitmaster's logbook can do that. And it, it allows you to document all the variables of a barbecue cook, wind direction, temperature, um, wind speed, uh, sunrise and sunset, all of these things. And then an hour, a spot for hour by hour or as many as you want, you know, logging of what's happening with the barbecue cook. What's one thing that you wish you had known when you started on this journey of creating content? To pick what you write about carefully, because you'd be writing for a long, long time. Do you wish that you would have niched, you know, whether, you know, if you had, for instance, picked up the barbecuing piece of it Mm -hmm. um, from the beginning and just stuck with that? Or are you okay? Because you and I are are the same and our main sites is, you know, it's uh, pretty much anything. Yeah, it is pretty much anything. And, and that's me. I think, I think what I did with the platform that you did with the platform is it became more emblematic of who you are, where you were, kind of hearkening back to those OG web journals. Mm-hmm. You know, because I had journaled for years before I started a blog. And I, 
And I didn't just journal about one thing. You know, there were relationships. There were, I was in a band. There was all kinds of crap. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. And, but the interesting thing is, and I think you can relate to this, uh, maybe for a slightly different reason. Mm. The way we started ours, you know, it was more family based. It was, here's what's going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. Now, I, if those may listening may know this or they may not. So I'm going to say, I divorced four yep. years ago. Right. You lost your wife last sure year. Sure do. So in a big piece of what we wrote about for me was everything going on in the family, for instance. Right. And, you know, those last couple of years for you, you were chronicling, um, you know, Angela's brain cancer. Yeah. Her cancer. So when both of those phases of our lives came to an end, I definitely, have I don't want to say I've struggled with segueing. I just don't know if I feel like it, it just I guess it would be a natural progression for me to, you know, pivot and then start talking about dating and divorce and things of that nature. Right. But I just I don't know. I haven't done it. And you and I've had this conversation. Yeah, we before. have so that create that uh, that's created a very interesting uh dynamic for both of us because yeah. You know, 16 years worth of our content was about this one <laughs> chapter of our lives. And then right. all of a sudden, we're not just in a new chapter. We're in a new freaking book. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. I, and and I've struggled with what to read, you know, what to write lately. Yeah, a lot. Like, so, a lot. Yeah. And I think part of it for me part of it for me is um, leading up to the eventual separation and divorce. I really had started pulling back on how much information about my private life that I was sharing. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like that, even though you can Google my name and there's 20,000 pages of me on Google, (laughs) uh, which is a bit disconcerting. I was like, if I go out with somebody and you know, I know they're going to do it because I do it to them. Um, right. I kind of want to throw out the caveat. I'm like, okay, listen, when you Google my name, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of stuff out there, but I also feel like I have to offer yeah. a little bit of uh, confidence or reassurance, I think is a better way to put it, uh, mm. that all of a sudden everybody's calling me, um, that I'm not, I do not dive. I don't, I don't kiss and tell, there's yeah. just no other way to put it. I don't right. kiss and tell. Yeah, no, I, I don't either. I mean, I've been very kind of surface level with the things happening in in my personal life. I haven't done a deep dive into the personal stuff, except where it has intersected with other people in my life that have thought, it was too soon or whatever other Michigana stuff they thought about my life that I really wasn't welcoming them in to kind of chime in on, you know? Well, and another point is going back to the whole privacy thing that we're talking about here Mm -hmm. is uh, when we started, we had no idea 
yeah. what was around the corner all right. as far as creating that digital footprint for our family. They no. really had no say so in, in, you know, looking back now on it, it didn't take, you know, it, I, I would say it's probably when my girls got into school that I stopped. I, I, I kind of went, mm-hmm. Oh God, these, the, that, this information's out there and it's not, it, it, it just, their privacy became more important. And that's when I definitely yeah. stopped well, writing about them. I did a, do some posts around my daughter dating mm-hmm. with some vignettes from the actual experience, but it wasn't just all about her. It was more like how I saw what was going on. More right. than reporting on yeah. her and what right. she was doing, right? It's it like was when more she talking. eventually broke up with that first date guy. I didn't go run to my blog and blog about it, you know. It right. Like, However, what you can do is take um, the situation. Yeah. For instance, you know, and a lot of mine, that's how a lot of my posts were. Mine were more, it wasn't about the girls as much as it was perhaps about the situation and how to navigate it. So mean girls. I remember one of my most popular posts was uh, mean girls come from mean moms. And it wasn't, I didn't name names. Mm -hmm. I didn't name situations. I just gave an observation as to, you know, here's, here's, here's what you do and don't do. Same thing with cyberbullying. You Uh know, it just, it, so it's, so it's interesting to see. Yeah. yeah, you know, giving them back that that piece of it. Yeah, and you know, I've I've seen different topics kind of take off through my time blogging, and and I'd focus on them for a while. And frankly, my traffic's really fallen off lately. <laughs> I think that's not uncommon. Yeah. Because um, I'm not writing. Right, exactly. I mean, there's nothing, there's no new content coming out. So right. I'm not surprised by that. <clears throat> All right, well, I think we've got a few more minutes. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we want to tie this up? Let's, we've talked about the conference. We've talked about your experience. Mm-hmm. We've talked about our lives. So you if you want to connect a- with me. And up, I will put this in the in the bio. Or yeah, hit the- up Rob Bainbinder. And um, <laughs> I'm in a lot of places online. He is. And that is R-O-B-A-I-N-B-I-N-D-E-R. RobAinbinder.com. He's yep. like me, everything's <laughs> under, under his name. Exactly. And then, of course, we've got, you know, some things coming up with the conference. And, uh-huh. again, that's contentcreatorsconference.com where you yeah. can get your ticket. And really cheap. look at that upgrade because it is one sweet deal. It is. Yeah. It is a sweet deal. A lot you of get, a lot of content. Yeah. Uh, for that I mean, $49. You can have all of the speakers in there in a 21-day hand-in-hand challenge with you to up your content creation and influencer game. I mean, for 49 bucks, can't beat that. As I, 
nope. As I said in my uh, one of my videos this weekend, that's less than a night out on the town for most of us. Absolutely. And you're going to get 5,000 million percent return on your investment. Not really, but it sounds good. <laughs> You'll 10x it for sure. Mm. All right, folks, that's it. That's a wrap for this week. Again, I am your host, Kristen Dokus. And that over there, that guy over there <laughs> is Rob, Rob Ainbinder. Ainbinder. And we will have a brand new guest for you on our next podcast. And yeah. not sure who it is yet. That's all right. Just stay tuned. And until then, keep creating your dreams. We need a good tagline, don't we? Yeah, we do. Other than our four creators, by creators, which is yeah. pretty good. That's okay. So, all right. Thanks, Rob. And uh, until next time, everybody, take care.